say it again. Good morning, everybody. I'm doing a series on relationships. If you've been with us several weeks, hopefully you've, uh, you've really got some great practical, but also some, some Bible input on how to manage and how to handle relationships. Um, these are two friends of mine, just kidding. Uh, these are two enemies actually posing for a picture. One, the man's name is C.P. Ellis. He was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. The other one is Ann Atwater. She's a activist for civil rights. In the 1960s, they were against each other. In fact, you could even say they hated each other. If you fast forward a few decades, before Mr. Ellis passed away in 2005, he asked Miss Ann Atwater to give the eulogy at his funeral. That's how close they'd become. Mr. Ellis's daughter tells the story that what happened at her father's funeral was this. Anne sat down in the front row and a gentleman came over and says, excuse me, this service is for Mr. Claiborne Ellis. I mean, he had a lot of white friends and she was black and she was in the front row. And she goes, yes, I know. Well, the service is for family members only. Only. She's like, yeah, I know that too. Well, how are you a family member? She says, CP was my brother. In the early 70s, they, they sat on the same committee. One pro, one, one against. The court ordered desegregation. And on that committee, they built a relationship. In fact, they built a friendship. And when I hear about the story, when I read about it, I was like, my gosh. If they can do it, anyone can do it. There's no reason to be estranged from each other. My series is called Bad Blood. How do you say that in Spanish? Mala sangre. I'm already learning Spanish already. In the series we covered, hey, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That was, the, that was our introduction. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There is a sense that my peace depends on me, depends on you. It's worth it. Even if the relationship never finds its way back, because you can have peace about the relationship even though there may not be peace in the relationship, because as far as it depends on you. And we talked about how, how the pathway to peace is paved with empathy. I even talked about how that works with our children. The studies show that our children embrace our values when we are empathetic to them. And I shared the story about, you know, hey dad, it was really hard at school and I'm struggling on my grades and you know the response I actually got well study harder stop playing Atari versus a, oh yeah I understand son you're having a hard week in the same passage we learned that hey don't take revenge my dear friends in fact he said that God is responsible for the consequences our responsibility is to overcome 
evil with good. And forgiveness is the vehicle that moves you down the path, forgiving the debts and taking the first step. So in the story of Mr. Ellis and Miss Atwater, someone, you know, forced them to take the first step. They had to sit together in a, in a committee meeting. And usually we're not really forced to do that. In their case, they had to sit down and kind of present their sides. And today we're going to look at Jesus and what he says about bad blood. As usual, it's simple, but not easy. Let's go into the story. He says, if your brother sins against you, share it in your small group. No? Share it with your best friend. Put it on the prayer request list for church. If your brother sins against you, Vaguely post about it on social media. I've read that and I've always felt guilty. Did I do something wrong? It's sent to like a thousand people. Did I do something wrong? If your brother sins against you, eat all the ice cream you want because Ben and Jerry are your only friends now. Dan, that was funny. If your brother sins against you, go. Go have a conversation with that person. You know, my family dynamics in my home, <clears throat> I ate a lot of Ben and Jerry. I didn't want to go. Talking to my dad, trying to reconcile our, our relationship. My dad's awesome. I just wish he would have, we would have been a little bit more closer. After, after being a, uh, an adult man in 40 years, I went back to try to, hey, Dad, I'd really like if we were a little more cerca, closer. He didn't really understand what I was asking. I try, like, I wish we were, like, you know, like, close, you know, like, hey, close, hey. My dad likes to keep himself at a little distance. He doesn't want to be too close. You know, when I go over there, he, he always has something for me to do. I think that's his way of connecting. Like, I either have to fix his computer, fix his printer, or how to write an email. And that's his way of, you know, him being close to me. And my way of being close to him was like, you know, I want to hug. So I have these awkward forced hugs with my dad. It's like hugging a statue. It's like, hey, dad, I love you. I've been doing it for years. And one year, my dad actually said, I, I love you too, mijo. I was like, oh, this is what I'm wanting, dad, right here. This is the moment. It doesn't come very often, but once in a while he lets his guard down and he says, and I love you back. That's what I wanted. It's uncomfortable to go. It's sometimes inconvenient to go. Sometimes it's flat awkward to go. So today we're going to look at Jesus' answer to three questions. Why should you go? When should you go? And how should you go? Okay? So in Matthew 18, and there's also a passage in Matthew 5 we're going to look at, Jesus talks about restoring the bad blood in the relationships in our lives. In Matthew 18, he says, if someone has sinned against you, go. In Matthew 5, he says something very similar. 
But let's take a look at that passage. So this is, this is what Matthew 18 says. Go and show him his fault just between the two of you. You've won him over. It's awesome. What happens usually is that most of the time it doesn't go so well. That's just the truth. It doesn't go, it doesn't go as the way you thought it would go. And so most of us just stop there. I went, I did it, it didn't go well. So now I'm going to tell everybody. No, no, no. In fact, the passage goes on to say, bring someone else along. In fact, bring two or more along with you so you can really get it dealt with. You can have a conversation. And the reason why Jesus gives us an A, B, and C is because he knows how fragile unity is. You know, we're merging two ministries together to one. And there's going to be some injuries along the way. That's why it's important for us to really specifically follow what Jesus says about relationships. Go. Go and have a conversation. Oh, it didn't go well. Bring someone else along now. Make sure we deal with the bad blood. So in Matthew chapter 5, it says this. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, let's just kind of stop there and kind of explain what that means. This is a really, it's just a, it's a really cultural illustration here for the people of that time that everyone in that time could connect with. To go and make a sacrifice to, to the altar, and there was one altar, and it was in Jerusalem. And the sacrifice itself took some time to, to get ready. And the journey wasn't easy. You were going to go to Jerusalem to make an offering at the altar, and you had to prepare, and you had to have a journey. And the reason why it was all about making things right with God. That's why people did that. Something I've looked forward to this. I can't wait to go get my offering. It alleviates the guilt. They wouldn't want to miss this for the world. They want to go give their offering to God. Why? In order to connect with God, people had to make things right with each other. Therefore, if you offer your gift of the offer, and then remember that your brother or sister has something against you. This time, it's not that they've wronged you, but possibly you've wronged them. And then there it is, it hits you. You're at the altar, you're thinking, I want mercy, forgiveness, and you go, there's something here. She's mad at you. He's mad at you. He's upset at you. She's upset at you. Someone always usually is upset with someone. And there you are. It hits you. It dawns on you. What does Jesus say? Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there. In front of the altar. That seems kind of silly. Came all this way, all the preparation. You wouldn't just leave your gift in front of the altar. But Jesus is making a statement of how important it is. Leave it there. Then go all the way back. It took me three days to get here. All the preparation. Come on, Jesus, do me a solid. Come on. No, go back. 
Why? Before making things right with God, make things right with others. That's the teaching. You know, with my kids, you know, they're fighting with each other. I see it like, oh man, you're like, oh. And they come over and they're all loving to me. Like, oh daddy, I love you. Let's go watch it. Let's watch a show together. I'm like, hey, we're cool. But you got some work to do with your brother. Or you got some work to do with your sister. Because I see how you guys have been treating each other. And as a parent, it pains you to see your children fight. You know, I was under the disillusionment that when my kids got older, they would never fight. Like, I would see other people's kids fighting. I'm like, not my house, man. That's never going to happen. Because I'm going to raise my kids right. I don't know if you thought that, but I thought that. I was so like, Arrogant, my kids will never fight because I'm going to love them and empathize so much with them, they'll never argue with each other. And I still do that, and they fight, I mean, if not every day. It's a, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, but, but my heart aches when I know there's, a, well, there's, a, there's friction and they're fighting. My heart kind of aches. And I want to get angry and says, forgive each other, you know? I want to force it. Like, you, you apologize. You, you say you're sorry. Forgive, kiss, kiss, make up, make up, hug. Go to your room. Oh, I have peace, peace, when there really is no peace. <laughs> As a father looking down at us, he sees us bumping. And I'm sure his heart aches. This, I, this is why I believe Jesus gave us specific things to do, so there's no way around it. You gotta have that conversation. Then Jesus tells us something really that seems really crazy, right? Go, leave your gift. When? When do you do this? If you've been wronged or, or if you've wronged someone else, the command is the same. It says go. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is not an option. He says this, this is how a follower is to act. This is one of the commands. When you've wronged, take the first step. When you've been wrong, take the first step. We don't need to go to a counselor. You don't need to bring it up with your small group or your friend. You don't need to put it on the prayer request or social media. You just have to go. You don't even have to sort out who's right or wrong. You don't have to assess the blame. It just says, go. If there's a lack of peace, go. Leave your gift in front of the altar. First go. And be reconciled to that person. Could be anybody. I've had to talk to my older brother, Danny. Love that guy. But he can be a cruel older brother. We had that talk. I became a Christian. He became a religious person. And we had, we had mortal combat over the Bible. He got me so upset, I cursed at him. I'm just throwing my sin out there so you know I'm a sinner. Just don't judge me because I sin differently than you. It was mortal combat. And I said, you know what? Our relationship is never going to survive if I keep this up. It will never survive. 
And so I had to go get resolved with them. I had to apologize for my profanity. That was a good start. He, he cursed at me too, but he didn't feel as bad as I did. I felt like mortified. I said that, you know. Apologize. Hey, I want to have peace. I respect you. I'm sorry I did that. You know, let's not argue over the Bible and who's, whose God is better or whose church is better. And I'm glad I had that conversation because our relation has been awesome. Because there was tension when, when we saw each other. And I'm glad that I, I suspended my judgment. And he suspended his judgment. And we have real peace. It's, it's, it's actually fantastic. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. That means to make peace. In other words, are we cool? Is everything cool? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to feel awkward around you, am I? I'm not going to be worried about bumping into you, am I? I'm not going to be doing like, hey, this is awesome. Oh, there's someone's there. That's when you know. When you look across the room, you go, oh, hope they didn't see me. I'm going to look really busy for the next 20 minutes and leave. That's when you know. How? How do you do it? Confessing you're wrong. And then repenting. It means to change, to turn, to change the way you think. Just every, you just change your mindset. When you've, t- when you've been hurt, you take the first step, you forgive. When you've been hurt, you take the first step and you repent. What does repent mean? It means to take full responsibility for your wrong. It means making no excuses for your behavior. It means lay out, lay out a plan for your change. First go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your gift. I love how serious God is about this. Because he knows how children love to fight. He sees this. So he gives us very specific things to do so we can preserve our relationships. And after you've done that, yeah, you can move on. Your gift really isn't a gift if you've wronged somebody. It just makes you religious. It's not a real gift. Because reconciliation requires turning a confrontation into a conversation. It's really a conversation that you want. You know when I, you know when you get hurt, you're like, I'm going to say, you know, you start unloading. We don't want that. We want a conversation. This isn't easy, folks. It's simple, but it's not easy. I'm not trying to sell you it's easy. I'm just telling you what he says to do. It's very simple, but it's very hard. And it doesn't mean you have a problem. Conflict and tension are not signs that the relationship is damaged or broken. It's not. But if the conflict festers, it's probable that resentment can eventually poison the connection. And don't be fooled. Peace is not the same as the absence of conflict. That's not peace. Here's what I've learned. I've had to have my, we had water damage, so we had to remodel part of our home. 
It costs more than you thought, remodeling. It takes longer than you thought. And the tools you currently have are not the tools you need. That's what I discovered. I've had to borrow my friend's equipment. Thank you, Matt. I had to borrow his advice. Thank you, Matt. I had to borrow his time. Thank you, Matt, for coming over and fixing what I can't fix. <laughs> Resolving conflicts the same way. It's going to cost more than you think. It's going to take some time. But it'll take way longer if you wait. You don't have the tools. That's why the community is so important. That's why the church is so important. Because you may be the person that hears about it first. Like, whoa, you are really upset with that person. Now that you know this, you're going, hey, stop. 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 Stop stop talking. Go. Have that conversation with them. That person didn't hurt me. He hurt you. Go. That's what the responsibility of the community is. To make sure. Because God knows our tendency is not to go have that awkward conversation, but have a conversation with you about it. That's our tendency. Now we go, wait, wait, wait. Go. Make peace. If you still want to talk about it after you're peace is made let's talk if it doesn't go well I want to be involved that's what he says you know in the Latin family where I grew up in I don't know about other Latin families we just didn't do that I knew every terrible detail about my aunts and uncles through my mother and then I had to go hug them and give them a kiss I'm like I know you're a terrible person oh my god my god and my mom would be there kissing I'm like mom four days ago you were like now she's kissing and I know they didn't talk I don't know about your Latin family but mine was like growing up I had to kiss all these people that I had heard my mom and dad scream about and then kiss them all the men with mustaches all the women with mustaches I kissed them all I kissed them all Growing up in Latin households. And every woman had a story about me that I was totally mortified. When you were little, I used to hold you in my little arms. When you had no concesillos, no underwear, you were so cute. I'm like, I don't want to hear about that. Now we have bad blood. But I grew up in a household where it was normal to talk to everybody else, but not the person that you're upset with. I don't know, about, that was my household. That was my experience. And that's what I brought into the church. I brought that habit into church. I wasn't used to or comfortable or how to have these conversations. That's why the community is important. So both in Matthew 5 and Matthew 18, Jesus says to go. And here's how you go. Number one, you go immediately. Don't let it fester. Keep your accounts short. Don't let, the, don't let the bad blood get septic. It needs treatment if it, go, if it has that. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Go. 
Number two, go directly. Keep it between the two of you. Telling others does not solve the solution. Gossip has nothing, does nothing to heal bad blood. Absolutely nothing. And if you don't know where to start, start by telling the person what you've been telling others. That's what you do. And thirdly, go humbly. Keep in mind that you might not be right. Humility is a perspective. God is God and I'm not, I, don't have the, I don't have the total grasp of absolute truth. Only God has that. I have my point of view. I have my experience. This is the way you love. This is, you, this is what we call doing all you can do to make the peace. You go immediately, you go directly, and you go humbly. And you're having a conversation. It's not mortal combat. You're having this talk. You know, when my kids actually start to talk to each other, I'm like, oh man, I love being a dad. When they have that, you know, this is what I heard you saying, and I'm sorry that I, heard, I'm sorry that I misunderstood you. And, and so you're like, I love parenthood. Because <laughs> your kids are getting along. It makes you proud. You're like, this is awesome. So if you have bad blood, don't wait. Don't trick yourself into thinking that God's okay with your bad blood. He's not. He wants you to do all you can do to bring peace. We're merging two different cultures. See me church has a culture. Shoreline has a culture. And that could sometimes offend us. It's not the way I've done it or you know it can be offensive sometimes but the conversation makes the path toward peace it's okay that you have another style of doing things and doing things different that's good it's okay you stepped on my toes hurt my feelings okay great let's talk about it and before making things right with God make things right with others because making peace with others makes our pathway peace with God much more successful God wants that can you imagine how God would feel when he sees us applying these passages? Because unity is fragile at times. This is why it's so clear for us going, this is, he gave us what? The ones, two, three to do. They're simple, but they're hard. Peace with him, he made it happen. He sent Jesus. Peace with others, he left, he left that up to us. That's our choice. That's our decision. Bad blood can happen in any relationship. No one is immune to it. You might be mad at your spouse right now. It's okay. You can have a conversation after church. A conversation. Not a confrontation, but a conversation. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound much more inviting? Let me, let's talk versus let's confront. Let's talk about it. <coughs> and that's going to make a pathway 
to your growth and maturity as a follower of Jesus. If you're visiting with us, you don't have to do any of this. But if you want to, it might help your relationships. I've been putting this in the practice of my own family and in my own ministry. It's been so helpful because I want to do all I can do to have peace with all of you and with my immediate family. They're crazy, but I love them. I'm sure you feel the same with your family. They're crazy, but I love them. You talk bad about my brothers when when I'm mad at them, I might punch you. You know, that's how you love, that's how crazy you get. No one else can insult them, only me. That's how we feel about our family. Let's make peace. And let's put away our bad blood. Thank you for your time. That concludes our service.